We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. (laughs) This is a house of learning doctors. Follow the Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Networks. I am your host for the day, Jacob Niffin. Special guest joining the pod today, the pod father of the OKC Thunder. Uh, he is the host of the Down to Dunk Podcast. You also hear him on the Saturday Slam and Jam on the Athletic NBA Show. All around good dude, serial connoisseur. We've got Andrew Schlecht most on the pod. One. Some way <laughs> most important one, serial connoisseur. Uh, uh, thanks for having me, man. Of course. Did you have cereal this morning? I actually didn't. Uh, I say that I'm cereal connoisseur. I didn't even have cereal this morning. <laughs> I just had a uh, had a protein shake, and I was getting out and working in my yard <laughs> this morning. So that is <laughs> a little on the go. Yeah, that is the ultimate. You're getting old slash dad morning, Andrew. Oh, bro, I know. I feel it. I feel it in my soul. I had to get out and mow the yard yesterday because it was getting a little wild. And I was have like this keeping up with the Joneses mentality in this neighborhood. I'm like, I got to have my yard looking great. I got to put fertilizer on it. I'm just like, man, what the hell happened to me? Uh, So, Andrew, we had two playoff games last night, Milwaukee and the Heat. Yeah. Then we we had um, Portland and the Trailblazers. Of those two... Uh, both to me kind of surprising with, with the blowouts that that ensued. Which one was more surprising to you? Probably the Nuggets. Uh, I I think the Nuggets are when they're healthy, clearly the better team. But it was it was a little wild to me to see the the Blazers get completely blown out because the Blazers should be able to keep up with the scoring uh, and the Denver defense isn't spectacular. So to me, it was probably that one. Uh, with the way that Milwaukee shot the ball in game one, it didn't shock me to see the Bucks take care of business against the Heat. They just, you know, they shot horribly from three in game one, and they shot really well last night. And so that's, to me, the the big difference between those. So I, I wasn't shocked to see Milwaukee do that. was a little surprised to see Denver do it. Yeah, I thought Denver had a chance to win that game, but I did not think it was going to be a blowout, especially with the first half that Dame had just, you know, traditional scorched earth. Don't give a crap about anything Dame. And so Mm -hmm. it was, uh, although that game became very difficult to watch in the second half, my God, it was just, I, I mean, personally, I enjoy watching officials, uh, blow whistles. (laughs) That's why I tuned into the NBA. 
that was a snoozer for me. It, yeah, it I was. did not. I did not finish it. I went back and watched some this morning, but I did not finish it last night. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a rough one for sure. From well, now we have a couple of game twos in the book. From but from all of the game ones, which one was the most surprising to you? It's got to be the Grizzlies, right? I Even think without so. Mitchell, like I was very surprised to see the Grizzlies. And you know, we shouldn't really be surprised because of the resilience that they showed in that last playing game. And they did that. I mean, it looked like the Jazz were going to pull away in the first half there. It looked like, okay, here we go. Like, this is our kind of our first snoozer of the playoffs. And then they just battled back. They kind of do what the Grizzlies do. They just continue to battle. And they, man, Dylan Brooks was unbelievable. Obviously, Jaw was great. But they just play with great toughness. And I, I love to see that. I hope that they can get one more. I suspect that it's possible that that was the only one that they get. But I, I hope they get one more because I, I like watching that Grizzly squad. Yeah, they're definitely fun to watch. Donovan Mitchell uh, is cleared to play game two after apparently some controversy, some, uh, some what's the word I want to look for? Not uh, anger, but uh, dissatisfaction, I guess, with the, uh, yeah. with the Utah uh, uh, doctors and whatnot on not clearing him to play even after he like self-cleared himself to play and Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to to get him on the court. Yeah, I, I think he really is going to push them over the top, though. Yeah, no doubt. He's very good. Probably underrated as a player. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I the the argument of like players who are underrated, overrated, uh, can get very convoluted at times. But yeah. he and another player that series, Jonas Valanciunas, I I feel like are both generally underrated players in the league right now. Jonas is. I used to not think highly of Jonas Valanciunas. He's pretty freaking good. That ended up being a good trade for both teams with with Toronto and Memphis. Yeah, I think part of it is like we have this affinity for Steven Adams, and so Jonas Valanciunas can't possibly be good. You know, it's like comparing him to Steven. But he's clearly a superior player today to Steven in that he can really score. I mean, the guy will put up 2020s. And Steven, it's very rare that he'll do anything like that. So the scoring is there. The screen setting is there. And that's it's this is similar to like the Russ Steven dynamic is that Ja just needs just an inch, like mm-hmm. give the man an inch and and he sets that screen and he gives it to him. And it's it's a not a dissimilar offense to what OKC was trying to do with Russell. I mean, it's get him in the lane attract the defense, spray it out. And that's been, it's been really fun to watch Jaw kind of evolve these last couple of years. Definitely. And man, one thing that I, I do think that that comp is, is pretty good. The styles of play there, but one thing that jaw has that I always wish Russ would get never did is that little like 10 foot floater game. I mean, yeah. th- that, that's what buried the warriors in that playing game. Mm-hmm. That's what buried mm-hmm. Utah in the fourth quarter of game one. Just that little 10 foot, come off the screen, get to your spot and float it up. He's got nice touch on that. He does. And Russ had the cotton shot, which wasn't as efficient as we remember it to be. But that was (laughs) that was a spot that he could get to and get a shot. And he went kind of went to it less and less as he got older. But that was that was definitely early on in his career. Like that was the shot. So it's kind of a little bit similar. Yeah. To that jaw floater. Awesome. Well, I, I personally am excited to watch Phoenix LA tonight, not only because yeah. I like Phoenix and I want them to win, but I also have a bet with uh, my co-host Nick Crane on the Phoenix LA series. So I really need uh really need Devin Booker to come through clutch for me. LA, if you want to keep playing uh, Andre Drummond, feel free. Be my oh, guest. Be my guest. What a disaster. Oh, oh man. So, Andrew, I thought today we could play one of my favorite games we play on this podcast called Take It or Leave It. Uh, Rules are real simple. I'm going to give you a statement. Uh, You tell me if you are taking it, meaning like you you think it's real, uh, you like it, it's going to happen, etc. Or you leave it, which basically means you think I'm full of shit. Um, So, if a handful of them are leaves it, leave it, uh, I understand. I have a handful of them here, uh, some league-wide, some Thunder. We'll just bounce back and forth. And some of the more interesting ones we can dive into and, and maybe discuss a little bit more. Let's kick it off with a league-wide one. All right, so Andrew, take it or leave it. Only one LA team makes it out of the first round. 
Ooh. Um, I think I will leave it. I still, even after game ones, I still think that, that both should uh, go on to the second round. However, I would love to see the Clippers lose. There would be nothing that would give me greater joy in the broader NBA than to see that Clippers team lose. But it's the talent is overwhelming. They and they did they kind of did their Clippers thing in game 1 where they just they get out ahead. They think that they are the best. They think that they're the greatest team in the world and they let down and they lose. But I yeah, I don't know. I just have to believe that the talent will win out in that game. Uh, in that series so and I also think the Lakers will get it together it's just LeBron loses game ones all the time it's Mm -hmm. kind of the LeBron special and so it's hard for me to say after one game that oh my gosh like this is finally it Uh, you know I'll have to see it before before I call it at all with LeBron and AD losing especially in round one definitely so if you did have to choose one LA team to lose round one which one would it be it's probably the Clippers. I just don't believe in the spirit of that team. So Luca, Luca's overwhelming. If Porzingis can stay healthy throughout the series, if Tim Hardaway can, Tim Hardaway can continue to hit, and Jalen Brunson is going to bring it off the bench. They've got, they've got a shot to do it. And Luca can easily be the best player in the series, and mm-hmm. he was in Game One. And if he can continue to do that, I'll, I can see it. I don't know. I just I have a hard time seeing LeBron go out in round one even against like a a very very good suns team that suns team should not be embarrassed if they do go out in round one Uh, it's just it's a shame that the draw that they got yeah i feel bad for the suns you waited so long to make the playoffs you have a really really good squad and then this is what you get stuck with in round one just like you said just a crappy draw um I don't think I've mentioned this on a podcast yet, so I want to get your opinion. Uh, you mentioned, you know, how how much you would love watching the Clippers lose, and from the Thunder perspective, uh, that is best case scenario. Oh yeah, the Clippers. Let let's let's just for argument's sake, let's go down this rabbit hole for a second, Andrew. This is a uh, borderline, you know, thinking about like hitting the tankathon sim button until you get one and five. And like living in your fantasy world, this is one of my fantasy world rights. Fantasy worlds right now, the Clippers lose round one, the Heat lose round one. Is that not like the perfect storm for this playoffs for the Oklahoma City Thunder? <laughs> it's perfect because then, like, does Kawhi really think about going somewhere else? Exactly, and you know Pat Riley is going to be pushing hard if they oh, lose. He will round drop one. all those rings just individual, just clink. Clink, clink. I mean, it would be, man, that would, it would be unbelievable. And that would be a great Heat team, too. And it's a great fit, too, because you look at Kawhi and everywhere he's gone, he's had, except for LA, he's had great leadership on the team already. And he just kind of gets to do his thing. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, San Antonio had like five great leaders on that team when he was there. And then you had Kyle Lowry and Nick Nurse. And then you get to the Clippers, and it's like, okay, who is it? Oh, we traded for Rajon Rondo at the trade deadline so that he could possibly be that. Like, oh boy, like <laughs> you're in trouble if you're relying on Rajon Rondo to be that guy. And Rajon's good; he's a good player, and I think he'll help them. But if that's your strategy, man, I don't know. But yeah, if you're the Thunder, yeah, you have to be rooting for the Mavericks to to pull this out because if you provide uncertainty. And, you know, possibly like a big fracture to that Clippers team. Those picks become just outrageously valuable. It's yeah, it, I, I freaking love it. That's really, that's all I'm pulling for in the playoffs. So, all right, yes. Andrew, next one, let's bounce over to a thunder specific one. Take it or leave it. The thunder come out of draft night with one of the consensus top four guys. Oh man. I would like to take it. I would love to just take it all day. Uh, the odds, you know, it's it's certainly very possible that that happens. Um, but again, like this is totally out of control of everybody, which really sucks. So, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know how. To, I don't know what 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 to do here because I don't want to. I'm afraid of jinxing or <laughs> or what. I'm just. I don't know. I don't. 
I would like to say yes, because it would, this is, I mean, it's easily the most important moment of the Thunder franchise since like 2016. Mm-hmm. I mean, easily. Uh, be- because of the fact that they have Shea and Dort and some already have some good players on their team. If those guys stay healthy next year, they're going to, they're going to be in like the 30 win range most likely. So the chances to get back to stay in the top five, like this might be it unless Sam goes to like some crazy extreme. So this might be it. And of course you can get lucky. The Pelicans got lucky. The Grizzlies got lucky. That's certainly possible if the Thunder are in that range of pick, which if I were to predict today where they would be, I would say that they would probably be in that eight, nine, 10 range for picks next season. Um, And so you can get lucky there, but, this this might be their shot. And it's a great draft to, to have it. You know, this is a great draft to be in. And so they're going to have two chances to get top five picks. And I sure hope they get one. I don't, uh, at risk of jinxing this, I don't really want to call it at all. <laughs> Touche. So lots of talk about this draft that, you know, it, it's a five man. Some people are now are saying like four and a half man draft uh, at the top for franchise changing guys. I've had this this pretty firm belief for a long time now that whatever ping pong balls come up on one through five, uh, well, one through four, and then Houston, uh, those are going to be the five teams that pick in the top five. If you're outside of the top five, I have a hard time seeing a team be able to trade into the top five. What are your thoughts, though, on let's say the Houston pick conveys and the Thunder do get it at number five? Is there a chance to to move up from like five to, to three, five to two, uh, a la the, the the Jason Tatum trade or the Luca trade that we've seen, you know, leading up to to the NBA draft or on draft night? Do you think that's a possibility for the Thunder? Should pick number five convey? It all depends on who's above them. I would say that if it's like your Detroit's like those those kind of teams are not going to trade that pick no matter what. I really don't think they will. So, yes, it's possible because the Thunder have the assets in players and picks and anything you could want in young assets. The Thunder have it, so it's certainly possible. And the Thunder will absolutely try to do it, uh, but it really just depends on what teams are there. And like maybe the Cavaliers are there, and they're like, well, we kind of think Jonathan Kaminga fits better with this team and we believe he'll be there at five, then maybe you could figure out a swap there. But it's just going to be so team dependent on something like that that it's just really hard to predict today. But you can rest assured the Thunder will try to do it because they always try to move up in the draft. They always are, and, and they have more ammunition than they've ever had in a draft right now. So I would, I would feel confident in the fact that they will try and make it happen. It's just hard to say without knowing who else is picking. Definitely. I think you mentioned the Cavs there. I think they're, they're a good candidate, um, especially with their two guards. I've also thought a little bit about Orlando. Like if Orlando was at three and Evan Mobley is there, and they already have two young bigs. They, they want to develop is, is there an opportunity there? Uh, I think Orlando's best bet is just take best player available, but is there an opportunity there? Yeah. But like you mentioned, um, you know, Detroit, Houston, uh, I, I don't think you're able to pry a pick from either of those teams. I think they're just taking best talent available and and moving on with their day. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the amount of Xanax I'm going to need on June 22nd is too damn high. I, I know. I might. I don't know what I'm going to do that day either. I'd prefer to sleep until the draft. Let somebody just wake me up and be like, Oh, Hey, did you hear what happened? Like, I just, I don't know that I can do it. I don't know that I can handle it. (laughs) Quite honestly, in 2016, I wanted to do that for game seven of thunders, thunder warriors. I was like legitimately thinking about like just going for a, like a really long walk or going to play pickup basketball or something and coming back and just seeing the final score. Cause I didn't want to deal with the anxiety of the moment. Oh, it was it was brutal. Game seven wasn't as brutal because I just felt like it was over already. Yeah, even it felt, you know, game, it felt like it was buried, but I still it. wanted to hold out on the hope. You know, 
Yes, I know. And it's funny because whenever anybody talks about this series, you rarely hear anybody mention that there was a game seven. Mm-hmm. Like everybody talks about game six. And obviously the game six was a really big deal. But there they had a chance to win in game seven, but it did. It it felt over. They felt they like were on the doorstep of game seven up until the Serge Ibaka uh, three point foul on Steph Curry. I mean, yeah, that, that was like yeah, twenty were... seconds left or something. They were right there. I know. It's it's wiped from our memories. Clay Thompson wiped it from everybody's memories. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to bring up old wounds uh, for the <laughs> listeners of the podcast. Everyone probably just now turned the show off. Uh, next, take it or leave it, Andrew. Back to league wide. Take it or leave it. One of these teams will make quote a drastic change in the off season. Portland. Boston, Dallas, Philly. I'll take it. I I think Boston has to. Like drastic. They'll obviously try to move Kemba if they can. I don't know that they can. Uh, drastic in that they will change the role players around their guys and that they will have guys that actually fit. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see Boston come back and be a really good team next year. So I think that's one that they kind of have to make big time moves in order to get to where they want to go. And then it all depends on what happens. I, If I'm Dallas, I'm not really doing anything drastic. I kind of want to see how this plays out. Also, just because I think that you won't get what you want in a trade for Porzingis, probably. I don't know what I don't know what you can get today that would make you a better team. I agree. Um, so. I would say Boston for sure. Philly. Philly's tough too. Really until Bradley Beal is available, Philly, I think should stand pat. Yeah. And when, when Beal becomes available, then you offer Ben Simmons and whatever else you need to do to seal it. And I would bring Beal to that team immediately. I think that that helps them a lot with, with scoring. And then your defense is still probably good because you have great defenders on the wing. So I would, and I don't think Washington is not ready to do that. Um, even if they get swept, they, they're not ready to do that. So yeah, that's, those are, it's probably Boston of any of those teams that will do something. And then Portland is, gosh, I mean, how, how many years have we been calling for Portland to do something drastic, mm-hmm. you know, um, Again, similar to Porzingis, like what what can you possibly get for CJ McCollum that's actually going to make you a better team? I mean, what's the deal? I mean, they, they were probably saved by the uh, Aaron Gordon trade because it's like Aaron Gordon for CJ McCollum. Like, oh my gosh, like what an absolute downgrade for Portland if they did something like that. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I mean, I think that they'll, they they will probably get a new coach in Portland, but outside of that they may just kind of run it back and see if they can get a better defense out of those guys with a new voice would be my guess. Definitely. So let's touch on the Boston comment for just a second. Drastic. I, I, I left drastic. Like I didn't define it intentionally because I wanted to see what, what your thoughts were on that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They're big to stay, right? Like there's no way they're splitting those guys up. Yeah. No question. Outside of that though. Is it almost fair to argue that Boston has already done a little bit of some drastic measures at the trade deadline, basically giving up on Tice for nothing, cashing in the trade exception for Evan Fournier of all people? Um, like, personally, I don't know what the hell they were doing on deadline day. Like, t- to me, they yeah. did not make that team any better. Um, mm-hmm. They they have a, a lot of holes. So is drastic giving up Marcus Smart? Maybe. I, I think the drastic will have to happen through free agency. I think they'll have to let some guys go. I think that they'll have to, I mean, they have to get a big man that's worth something. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to figure out that situation for sure. And you can get bigs on the free agent market. I mean, that's been proven year in, year out. So I think I could get somebody there in that spot. And then what do they do with Fournier? Do they sign and trade him? Do they, you know, bring him back? He, he's been okay lately for them. Uh, if you're a Celtics fan, you have to be very disappointed in the way that they use that trade exception, though. Like, that's, like, Fournier is not really moving the needle one way or another. Mm-hmm. But also, 
if you have Jalen Brown there with Tatum, who those guys should be making progress, should be getting better. And then you have at Evan Fournier, who's not really relied on to be anything, but just like an auxiliary score. Like that's not too bad. And then you need a big, uh, and I don't know. I think, I don't think there's that many things they have to do to come back and be good. So maybe drastic is the wrong word. Cause I don't know that they have to do drastic things, but they need, they need to provide better role players, like guys that are ready to play on that team. Cause there's a lot of guys on there that are not and should not be playing. Agreed. And they do have some, some assets to trade, especially in all the young guys that they've acquired uh, over the past couple of years. So, all right, Andrew, next one, we're going to go back to thunder specific, take it or leave it. The thunder will utilize some of their future draft assets in a trade this summer. Take it. Definitely. I think that will, I will, that will definitely happen this summer, whether it's to move up from, 18 to 12 or if that's to acquire somebody or if that's to take a draft asset that's going to convey soon and kick the can further down the road if they can they're going to do something with their draft assets and we saw it with getting Pokashevsky. i mean they mm-hmm. use their draft assets to to get him so it, it's the i would say that the thunder know they can't use all their picks and you have to use them in order to get better. And to me, this is like the at every draft moving forward, you're going to see just swing for the fences moves from the Thunder, like over and over and over again. Like that's what the draft is going to be for. The, I mean, you have, I mean, I think that Thunder fans get this. I think the organization obviously runs the organization like this. Like the draft is the time. Like that's the time to move this organization forward. This is the time to move this team forward. And so I don't, have any doubt that they will be using draft assets to move up to improve uh, their positioning wherever it is even in the second round maybe there's a guy that they really like at 28 and they move up to get him at 28 by using a, a future pick or multiple future seconds or something like that yeah um i think i'm with you you know i, I think they will definitely cash in some pieces uh it's also interesting to think like I see draft picks kind of as stocks, like they rise and fall in value and you want to sell when the value's at the, at its highest uh, to figure out when Sam Presti believes some of these picks are at their highest value and when it is time to cash in. Like, I don't know if that Houston pick conveys to OKC and Houston does not get a top 20 pick in this draft. Do those mm-hmm. future Houston picks immediately become more valuable on June 22nd because they will suck horribly again. I mean, even with a top five pick, they're going to be bad next year. But mm-hmm. without a top five pick, I mean, they're going to be really bad next year. Do those that that sets the franchise back a year? Do those picks jump in value? And is that the time to to sell on them? You know, it's the the well, economy it's, it's, of the it, NBA it, is fascinating. Yeah, it's it's interesting because what if you do end up at six? Right, I guess maybe you get five and six in the draft, right? Five from Houston, six of your own pick. And you're like, man, we really want the Thunder saying themselves we really need Jalen Suggs, and he's at three. Like you said, those Houston picks become way more valuable. You call somebody and say, hey, listen, we'll give you one of these Houston picks and our six to to get there. Maybe that entices somebody because that's – it's going to be hard to move up there, but it's it it would be similar to the Minnesota pick that the Warriors have, mm-hmm. you know, and that hey, I think that's a very very valuable pick. We don't know what's going to happen to it this year, uh, but during the season, that would you could have actually gotten something pretty significant for that. So maybe that's a scenario where it allows you to move up into the top five because you have these what seem like ridiculously valuable picks, but you also just don't know. It's just so hard to predict mm-hmm. what's going to happen with these draft picks, draft picks that seem really valuable at one time. I mean, even the Toronto pick the Thunder had in the James Harden deal looks exactly. like a great, great pick. Like, Oh my gosh, that's for sure a top five pick and ends up at 12. You just don't know. So if you can guarantee yourself a great, Play, not a great player, but a great a shot to get a great player at three or something like that. I think 
to me, it's it's all about maximizing those assets. And would that for sure get you a, a top pick in the draft? Maybe it would. But to me, I would go for it. I would go for it in any way you can get guys in this draft in that top five, I would do it. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it is an interesting take that if Thunder do end up getting the fifth pick via the Rockets, that perhaps those assets become much more valuable. And even I don't think the number one pick will be traded. I would a lot of people are like, oh, well, the Thunder can just trade all their assets to get the number one pick. Well, I don't think you can do that. But let's say that they that Houston pick does convey to OKC and you have all these very valuable Houston picks and swaps like, hey, <laughs> this the Thunder can make the most attractive trade offer for the number one pick ever, probably. Exactly. Yeah. My argument against the number one pick being available is but like, let's say I, uh, Cleveland lands at number one and you offer yeah. them six future firsts. Their mm-hmm. hope with those six future firsts is to get a Cade Cunningham-like player, is it not? So why would you not just take Cade with number one? Agreed. But also, you don't know what the evaluations are from the Cleveland side either. That's true. They may say something like, oh, we think Evan Mobley will be the best player in this draft. Mm-hmm. And he fits way better with our core. Or we don't think the difference between Mobley and Cunningham is that big. And if we can get three future firsts, Houston ones included, and get Mobley to fit alongside the guards that we have already, you know, we we feel better about that. So it's just hard because I mean I don't I mean the the Tatum trade at the draft or before the draft years ago a lot of people were like what in the world are they doing they just gave the sixers a star like what's going on here mm-hmm. and well also, there's also just the reality that we don't know like we think Cade cunningham will be a great player we think so yeah i know it for sure like nobody really knows like, exactly. nobody knows so there's he's he's not like shack like you could watch shack or you could watch lebron and be like oh my gosh that like that 100 percent and I do feel really good about Cade Cunningham. I'm not saying that I don't feel good about him, uh, but he's not. He's not the the Shaquille O'Neal where it's like, oh my gosh, overwhelming. Obviously, will be a superstar in the league. Nobody can match up with him. He's in. He's impossible. Like, I mean, and I think Cade is going to be a very good player. But at the end of the day, I mean, everybody thought Marco Fultz was going to be that guy too. I mean, yep. we had guys smart guys like Sam Vecini saying like this could be James Harden <laughs> you know and the Sixers got him and it seemed like oh my gosh what an embarrassment of riches and then the guy gets so much in his head that he can't even shoot the basketball anymore I mean it's just like it's wild you just never know there's no guarantees with any of this stuff yeah um, and you also just don't know how teams evaluate that's that to me is one of the crucial things I I totally agree that it would it's nonsensical as a thunder fan to think they can just trade for the first pick in the draft i think it's i think it's foolish to think that they could but until we know who's picking there uh, you know it's we can say that but once we figure out who's picking there if it is cleveland eh, i don't know like the odds go the odds go up slightly yeah maybe it's a five percent chance you could trade for it but still like it's to me those are the kind of teams that could possibly do it I like it. I like it. All right, let's move on to another take it or leave it, Andrew. Another league-wide one. Take it or leave it. The Brooklyn Nets are playing in the NBA Finals. Oh, boy. I think I will take it. Uh, that team is very good. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to bet the against most talent. them. They're the most talented team in the league. It's not even very close. They've played good enough defense. Uh the Boston Celtics played really well in game one and it didn't matter. Yeah. And the, the, the Nets didn't play well and they still just trucked that team. Uh, One of like the bigger margins of game ones that we had. So I'll say, yes, I just, I hope it would, I would love to see Milwaukee beat them. That would be a dream of mine come true, like league wide, just because of all the agony that the, the bucks have been through and being a small market. Like we need some small market wins. We don't need the, I mean, the way the nets built the team is just 
like just i think all the small markets should kind of roll their eyes at it like yeah all they had to do is like have a competent organization and these guys just walk through the door great like we could never do that and now they're probably going to the finals but i would love to see the bucks stop them but i don't i don't know know that even i mean the bucks have the defensive juice but then do they have it on the other side of the ball i don't know and you can for sure say that the nets can overwhelm you from night to night so I would, I'll say yes, that yeah. they'll be there. And I would probably pick them to win it all this year. Uh, too. Unfortunately, I think I have to agree with you. My, my preseason prediction was that Philly would make the finals. Uh, but Hey, if the bucks may, or if the nets make it through the bucks and the 76ers, uh, that that's mm-hmm. kind of a, de- the defensive gauntlet right there. That would, that would be impressive. But yeah, I, I do not want to see Brooklyn make it uh, strictly from just uh, how they built their team standpoint. Mm-hmm. Let, let's jump over to another Thunder one real quick. Take it or leave it. Shea Gilgis Alexander will be selected to the all-star team next season. Hmm. I'll take it. Oh, I like it. I think Shea it was amazing this year, and I think he'll be better next year. I think that he'll come back stronger. That's one of the things that he said to us on um exit interviews that he wanted to come back stronger and to me if he's if he says he's going to do it he'll do it and uh, he's going to live in the paint his three-point shot improved uh at a ridiculous rate if he can continue that if he can get stronger if he can continue to finish in the lane uh, i think he'll be undeniable and the thunder will to me I, i would guess like i said that the thunder will be kind of in that striking distance of you know, a 10th, 11th seed in the West. And I think people will take notice of that uh, just because of the stark contrast from the end of the season to what I think they will do at the start of the season next year. I think that, I think he'll make it. I think he's, we have a multi-time all-star uh, on our hands with Shea. So I, I would, I would predict yes for next season for him. Yeah. I think I'm with you. Uh, I think part of making it to an all-star game is, having the narrative, being in the conversation at the beginning. Uh, Shea forced his way in the conversation this year. So next year, I think it's just an automatic, as far as the conversation is concerned, it's an automatic shoe-in that he, he's just being talked about at the beginning of the, the all-star debate. And I think that's half the battle. So mm-hmm. uh, I- We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He's so efficient, like his efficiency. And that's, I, I don't know. I think that the, the coaches will see like, oh my gosh, like we like the game planning that you have to do around this guy is so ridiculous. I don't think he'll get voted in, but I think he'll be selected. Yeah. It's hard to get voted in, in Oklahoma city. You know, when Alex Caruso is getting more votes than you out in LA (laughs) makes it, makes it a little difficult. I know. I don't know. I mean, we've had guys get voted in before. Yeah. So. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, 
and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Um, let's jump back. I got one one more from each category for you. So league-wide, last one. Take it or leave it. The Warriors get a top 10 pick and trade it. Ooh. Uh, I will take it. I think the Warriors are pretty embarrassed with the way that things ended. And you could see that in some of their comments from yesterday. Uh, I think that they want to push push back into the playoffs and be a team that competes. I don't think Steph's, you know, what the Warriors have been trying to do is like build this bridge between the Steph Curry team to the next iteration. Mm-hmm. And James Wiseman is not the guy to do that. And I think they've just, they've discovered that in that once he was off the court, they became a much, much better team. And and it all depends on who's available and and what teams are wanting to do. But I would guess that they would. I would guess that they're not super excited to bring in another rookie. And if you're the Warriors, may I, if you're the Warriors, I think the right thing to do would be to keep the pick and to keep trying to develop and see if you can build that bridge. I think that's the right approach. But can you continue to push that on Steph and Draymond? Like I, yeah, I don't know that you can. So I would guess that they would make a trade to get better next season and be in the conversation. Cause you're, I mean, they wasted a year of Steph this year. A lot of it was due to injuries, not their fault, but to not get one of the best five players in the NBA to the playoffs. I think that they, they, they see that as a failure. They were trying to, they wanted to have everything. They wanted to have it all. They wanted to have the top five picks, you know, in the second pick in the draft last year. They want to have the playoffs this year. They want to have, you know, this other Wolves pick coming their way. They they want to have it all. And, you know, they made some wrong moves. The Ubre move was not a good move for them. That did not get them what they wanted. They ended up like JTA was their guy. Like JTA was one of their best players, and he was just kind of your scrap heap they didn't really expect anything from him. It was some of their other things that they did around the margins that did not pay off. So I think that they have to try to get those right this time. Definitely. Uh, speaking of the Warriors landing a top five pick, uh, on a on a scale of uh, Thunderfront office to uh, the Vlade Kings, <laughs> how poor of a, uh, of a long-term plan was it for the wolves to not rest guys and just go all out in a bunch of really meaningless games in may and probably lose that pick. Oh man. It's, it's catastrophic. It's, it's just stupid, honestly. Uh, and I know you want to get your guys together and you want to play them. That was not the time to do it. (laughs) You were in position in a really good draft. You were in position to bring another piece in. And then you can really figure out who you want to keep in your core and good for them. Like they got to see some really good performances from Anthony Edwards. They got to see some really good performances from towns and Russell and cool. Ultimately is very detrimental to, to the team. Just like if we would have seen the thunder go down the stretch, playing all their guys, winning a few games here or there. And the thunder end up with the ninth pick and then just praying that, the Houston pick falls to five. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't want to put yourself in that position. You want to put yourself in the best position to succeed. And the Wolves fans are just so strange because they're like, well, now that we have Edwards, can we trade towns? It's like, guys, like you need lots of those guys (laughs) to win. You don't just get one there. You need lots of them. And they really need another piece in order to push themselves toward the playoffs. I think Edwards 
is going to end up being a really good player. I, I think that obviously you'd prefer them to have Lamelo at this point, but Edwards is great. He's he was awesome down the stretch for them, and I think he'll be a nice player. And his personality is electric. He's great. So I don't think you can question that pick today. And if you just add one more guy to that group, and I think that just the biggest mistake they made was just making the trade with the Warriors in the first place. Like they should have never yeah, done that deal. That's uh, they should have never ever done that deal because then you're not worried about keeping your pick or what it's going to be. Uh, and like Wiggins was fine for the Warriors this year. He's fine. And if you can kind of keep him as just a role player, like way overplayed, overpaid role player, fine. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm concerned about the Wolves and the way they run their organization. So, yeah, I would say it's definitely this is like this is Vlade Kang's move yeah. for sure. If you would have told me on trade deadline day that the Thunder would end the season with a worse record than the Timberwolves, I would have bet everything that I own and we would not be doing a podcast because I'd be <laughs> homeless living on the side of the road. You know, I know I would be like, what happened? Uh, yeah. Like who died? Like what's <laughs> going on here? Uh, all right. Last one I got for you, Andrew, uh, thunder specific, take it or leave it. This is, this one's kind of long. So, so bear with me. Opening night of this past season, the starters were SGA Lou Hill, Baisley Horford. Only two of those players will be on the opening night starting for next season. So obviously we know Hill is already out uh, very clearly, mm -hmm. but SGA Lou Baisley Horford, only two of those four will be starting uh, come October opening night. Take it or leave it. Oh boy. So it's really just, does Bays get to start next year? Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's it'll be a little dependent on it would be very dependent on the draft certainly and and even you could have like if the thunder get cunningham then maybe you bring dort off the bench uh i don't think you do but maybe you do i will leave it in that i do think that Baisley will start Interesting. i think those three i think bays will start uh i think Al horford is gone this summer, but I think the Bays will start. So I'll leave it. Uh, and that probably Poku will come off the bench. I'd love to see Poku start in place of Baisley. Same. So that, that, that's low key. That's kind of what I was trying to weave into this one was yeah. does Poku oh, get know. the start? I know. I know. I wish he would. I won't predict it though. I, the Thunder have put a lot of time and energy into Darius Baisley. And I, th I think that you can develop Poku off the bench and he'll be fine. I don't think there's a lot you can do to shake the confidence of Alexa Pukhshevsky. <laughs> you um, mean the guy that was shooting 40-foot threes whenever Al Horford first showed up to the to the training facility? You can't shake that guy's confidence? That was so funny. I love that. And I <laughs> asked a few other players like that same question. I didn't get anything out of them. But I loved the Horford answer. It was so good. Uh, yeah, I think that and I mean, honestly, just depending on what happens, if you get Evan Mobley, you could start Shea, Dort, Poku, Baisley, Mobley. It's only 1030 you know. in the morning, Andrew. You're not allowed to get me this excited. <laughs> I know. You could do that, though. I mean, Poku's a wing. Until he gets stronger, he's a wing. Mm -hmm. That would be incredible. That'd be the wackiest team in the league. They'd be so fun. Um but yeah, I would I would lean toward those three starting, and Al Horford's gone, and Poku comes off the bench. That would be just just because I do think, and I, I was kind of hinting at, it, I think that Baisley needs that jolt of confidence in yeah. starting. I think that that's meaningful to him, and it, and it's important for the Thunder to continue to develop him because he is a really versatile player, and I don't know that he can be a whole lot more than a, a role player type of guy, but to have a role player that's six, nine long arms can shoot, can pass, can dribble. Like those, those are guys are really important and they're not easy to find. So um, to me, it's, it's pretty important that they get a good summer from him 
And I think all of Thunder fans would say they would rather see Poku start because I think you'd just rather see Poku play. Uh, but yeah, that's that would be my that would be my assessments. Those three. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I'm with you. I, I think Horford will be gone. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what type of package the Thunder can get in return for him. Uh, mm-hmm. What team he ends up on, what teams are interested. We know that Sam Presti very much tries to get vets to places where they want to play. One, my, my initial thought for what's a, what's a team that needs an Al Horford like player. Uh, I immediately went to a team we've already mentioned. Uh, we've already made fun of them on this podcast, but the Sacramento Kings, uh, you know, I, I think he fits great there, but, Whenever Presti talks to Al Horford and says, "Hey, can we trade you to the Sacramento Kings? Are you are you okay with that?" I would imagine that the answer is a resounding hell no. You know, yeah. so so it's going to limit kind of where they can trade him and how that will work. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I I think I don't know the 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 Baisley one's going to be fascinating. Like you said, they need a big summer from him. But like Sam Presti said in his exit interviews, essentially they're going to give these guys all the opportunity in the world to develop their the time is not part of the equation for them. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. What was it? He, in, in some very high IQ way that I can't replicate. Presty said, basically, if, if time is one of the factors in, in your goals, uh, you're cutting yourself short. So they're going to give these guys every opportunity in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without a doubt. So awesome. Well, Andrew, man, thank you so much for hopping on the pod with us. Uh, I really appreciate you. I would shout out your your Twitter handle, your podcast, all that. But if somebody's listening to the uncontested, they don't listen to Down to Dunk. I don't know what the hell they're doing with their life. <laughs> they already know where to find Down to Dunk at. They already know where to find you at. Um, but Down to Dunk has an episode coming out tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, yep. What probably late morning, early afternoon. So make sure if you aren't subscribed to Down to Dunk for some reason, uh, you go and do so. One of my favorite podcasts to listen to. Uh, so make sure to go check them out. Follow Andrew on Twitter. Follow Down to Dunk on Twitter. Uh, follow the Athletic NBA show. Uh, subscribe to yeah. that as Andrew and Al drop the Saturday morning slam and jam, which uh, just has been a a delight. H- how much have you enjoyed doing that show, Andrew? It's been a dream. Dream come true, for sure, for me and Alex. We've always had more league-wide ideas that we haven't been able to implement and when this opportunity came about, I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) We can can go, we can kind of do whatever we want. We have a lot of different guests at our disposal, which has been really fun. Uh, So yeah, it's been a dream come true for, for me and for Alex. It's, it's a very, very fun show. It's very well run. You guys do an awesome job with it. So make sure you guys go listen to everything on the athletic NBA show, but specifically listen to the Saturday slam and jam. It's good stuff. Andrew, take it easy, man. Uh, We appreciate you, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Jacob. Appreciate it, man. From self-help books to meditation, we work hard to find peace of mind. Xfinity Home helps you rest easy with a total home security solution. Installed by experts and powered by secure and reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi, you'll get 24-7 professional monitoring with fast response times and real-time alerts, like when doors and windows are opened. Rest easier with Xfinity Home. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash home security. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires compatible high-speed internet. Professional installation required.